0: Hello and welcome to the Woman Being Podcast. We are here today to talk to you about the social dilemma. Welcome to the Woman Being Podcast community,
1: where we explore
2: thoughts and opinions and have the freedom to change our minds
0: without expectation or judgment.
2: We will hold a safe space and support each other as we navigate together in the form of feminine.
0: All righty folks, I'm here today with the lovely Kellyanne and Kelly, and I'm Emma. We are here to talk to you about the social dilemma. We're excited about it. I'm excited. Are you guys excited? So
1: excited. I'm not really that excited.
0: You're excited. I can feel it. <laughs> we can feel the energy coming from the audience. Yes, from the lovely people that we're imagining are there, and it's not just a wall and some cameras looking at us. It's too much excitement. I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> You're to contain yourself. I'm so overwhelmed. <laughs> so, the social dilemma. If you don't know, this is a Netflix movie. Um, well, I don't know if it's a Netflix movie specifically, but it's I, think a movie I think it is. I think it is. Okay. Netflix, yeah. yeah. So it it came out um in the past month or so, mm-hmm. I believe, mm-hmm. and a lot of people have been talking about it uh because it brings uh to light a lot of things that are happening in the sort of Dirty underbelly of the tech and social media industry, and sort of what all goes behind those ads and the things that pop up on your feed. And um, they interview a lot of people who are in, who are former members of that social media industry. uh So people who have worked for Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Gino. Instagram, yeah, yeah, Google, Snapchat, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep, all of that, and so. Uh, We watched it, and now we're going to give you guys our hot takes on it. Hot Um, takes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, what did you guys think? We watched it last night. Um, We had a lot to talk about. What are your sort of initial impressions of this movie?
2: Initial impressions, first off, I would say I love that it's a new way of exploring how we look at social media and the things that are being developed and and even things I wouldn't even think of as social media like email and pinterest and how it affects humanity and then also like the morality of it so I think it's introducing a new I mean conversation of ethics almost in terms of as people are you know trying to make money with their companies how are they making that money and what are the effects of them making that money Mm -hmm. which I think is a a very important conversation to introduce. I don't think it's really anything anyone thought about other than just like, yeah, they're making money and I'm getting a cool free app, so it's great. Mm -hmm. But we're not necessarily always thinking about the long-term effects of it or other problematic things. So for that, I give it 10 stars. Didn't love the very overdramatic music and they're like overly dramatized sections of the film that felt like very... Horror film, the world is ending kind yeah. of things. I felt like it was a little bit much, and yeah, so
0: pretty heavy handed, right? <laughs> and then
2: watching the film, sometimes when I was watching it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, we're all gonna die!" And then sometimes I was like, "Okay, this is mm-hmm. overwhelming me, and I don't believe what you're saying." Because
0: yeah, you lose credibility yeah, when you're doing. Mm-hmm. That. It's
2: like you're trying a little too hard to manipulate me into believing what you're saying. But yeah, yeah. all that aside, I think overall it was a great film.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I thought it was a good film. I enjoyed it. I kind of went in, though, expecting, like, a true documentary. I didn't realize that there was so much drama dramatization throughout the movie or film. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, they have very, like, experts in their fields. Like, the guy that co-invented the like button. Mm-hmm. Like, the guy – okay, I'm going to nerd out a little bit. But the guy that invented um, continuous scrolling – Uh, For all my developers out there, that is huge. Mm -hmm. Like, that's actually insane that he invented that. Um, So, yeah, I I was excited to hear from the experts in the field. I was in e-commerce for a couple years. um, And so it was just interesting to hear about a lot of the dramatizations. I was like, okay, come on. Like, Mm -hmm. this is a lot. But um, I did like how they tried to create imagery to help you understand what is actually happening on a digital scale like put put organic matter to what is actually going on like if
2: AI was a person. That's what it kind would of look like, like. Personify. Yeah. What it was very
0: like inside out As It, it was. literally was inside room, out. But it's not in someone's head. Instead, it, it's, it's AI not, That's right. sort of controlling what posts you see. Yeah.
2: Yes. yes. And, so. and, you know, trying to keep you as engaged and connected to your phone as possible. Right. Yeah. To suck you back into the matrix.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, I think that... Um, one time that I did think that that sort of dramatization was more successful for me was um, so like in the, the dramatization parts of the movie, you s- see this family that you're sort of following the whole time and the effects that, that social media has had on this family. And there's like the 11 year old girl who has social media and she seeing like the ways that her like self image and her body image are affected. Um, I thought that was really powerful um some of the stuff with like the teenage boy was kind of like okay whatever we Mm. get it (laughs) but um and like it showed I think that they had a hard job to Mm -hmm. do in in choosing to go that route with dramatization especially because they also have like a pretend political party who's in it called the extreme center yeah so (laughs) instead of left or right they're the extreme center um I definitely
2: up until now interpreted that as like a center that was extreme oh (laughs) what is the center it must be like some sort of plant or something (laughs) I'm just trying to not say left or right that made sense that makes a lot more sense now thank you yeah you're welcome
0: that's what we're here for you know we're learning things even as we're (laughs) doing Um yeah, like seeing that like it was like a little bit cheesy, but also mm-hmm. like what else are you gonna call it? Yeah. Without isolating one specific group. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, um, I definitely thought that a lot of the stuff was stuff that I had already heard from other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also I think as more and more people are watching it, I hope that this movie is a good resource for people to think about these things more, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but Yeah, I will say that especially the, um, when they started talking about, they spent a good amount of time talking about women specifically, um, or girls, young girls. Um, You see this 11-year-old girl who uh, deletes a picture because she doesn't get enough likes on it, and then she posts new pictures, she starts getting more likes, then she gets a hate comment. With lots of filters, by the way. Yes, with Mm -hmm. lots of filters, like, full makeup Mm -hmm. on, and, like, very heavy makeup um, in the filter, and... Uh, Then she gets a comment insulting her ears and then she's instantly like torn down by that. And then you have a scene where she's like looking at herself in the mirror and just like trying to cover her ears up and she starts crying. Which is Um, so sad because her
2: ears are like adorable. Yeah, she's so beautiful. She's
0: a stunning like 12 year old. (laughs) Um, And then they talk about some statistics with uh, girls specifically and the ways Mm -hmm. that self-harm rates and... Suicide, suicide rates have rates, gone yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, exponentially. Like,
1: skyrocketed. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was
0: something that was definitely, like, sort of triggering to me And the mentioning that. Like, I had friends in high school who suffered from self-harm, and um, I remember, like, it sort of brought back a lot of those feelings to me. But, like, were there things in it that that made you guys feel sort of, like, triggered or sort of that mm-hmm. took you off? It was, like, sudden or something that made you feel like, whoa, like... This is this is scary or this is a lot mm. of information or whatever.
1: Yeah. I would say that the same thing really hit home of like, oh, this beautiful girl is so mm-hmm. torn down, um, which is obviously just really sad and you don't want young girls to feel that way. It did hit home very as well for me because I have a sister who has struggled with depression and um, it makes me wonder, like, is she possibly part of that statistic because mm. she she did go into. I hope she's okay with me talking about this. I'm pretty sure she's okay, um, but I'm she. Saying her name. Yeah, I'm not saying her name. She <laughs> did go into. From? <laughs> I know I have like a million sisters, um, but she did go into a facility to get professional help because she was planning um, some self harm, and mm-hmm. it was a very hard time for our family and. Um, it makes me wonder, like how many girls are part? Like, how many faces are part of the statistic? Mm-hmm. Because for me, it's very close to home. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the functionality side that they were exploring, I was familiar with already because i've I've been in e-commerce. I mean, I worked very closely with marketing, and I was the one leading the charge with sales goals and all that. And so I'm not unfamiliar with it. I'm more, had the tip of the iceberg and they kind of revealed the whole iceberg is how I would put it um but yeah it was a lot of very interesting very thought-provoking things um there was that I don't remember his name there's this one guy with glasses and dreadlocks on (laughs) in the documentary you'll You'll know know. and uh it was very interesting to hear from him because he had this he had kind of a different perspective like these executives that have been inventing and pushing for all these these goals of development and monetization um they were all like it's bad like we need to fix it we need to do all these things and he kind of stepped back and was like yeah it's bad and they're bad things but also like how can we kind of land somewhere in the middle is kind of what I picked up from him and so I kind of appreciated his perspectives
2: I think I mean, I'm surprised that you interpreted it that way because he, to me, seemed kind of on the outskirts of like mm. what things were, but may just have been like what we were thinking out about. But you mentioned like e-commerce and mm-hmm. um, that was kind of what was most triggering to me is the realization that apps like Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, to me is a, an app for me to connect with friends and share my life with my family and people that I care about but to Instagram it's a, an advertisement machine essentially and they're making money off of me being on mm-hmm. their platform and so the the more they can keep me engaged on their site the more money they make and their ai is designed to blast me with images that will keep me scrolling mm-hmm. and which i think like i knew on some level but what was most, I guess, telling for me or triggering for me is they talked about it in, in in the light that people often approach their phone sort of understanding this and thinking, like, I have control over this. Mm-hmm. But not realizing that there are tens to hundreds of some of the smartest tech experts in the world and a supercomputer fighting against me thinking that I have self-control. Mm-hmm. And... uh that supercomputer is playing on my weaknesses Mm. all the time, Mm -hmm. every moment. And it's learning and getting better the more that we go. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it it reminded me of, like, I would never go into a game of chess against a supercomputer and expect to win. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that, for me, is very telling. It feels like, wow, these Mm -hmm. sites are a lot, and there's a lot of people behind it whose Mm -hmm. only job is to keep me engaged. Yeah which the 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 negatives of that being missing out on what's happening in the real world not getting outside um, experiencing addiction to likes and comments Mm -hmm. and that dopamine rush that comes with those things so the idea like that my well-being is not necessarily
1: a part of the conversation is is Mm -hmm. kind of scary well and the fact that it's more than social media it's wikipedia it's gmail it's all these tools and resources. And yeah. the interesting thing about that AI is like it spits back at you what it knows you're interested in, which is so interesting. Like it's learning you before you're learning yourself almost.
0: I think they mentioned Wikipedia doesn't do that. Oh, that yeah. it was, so
1: sorry. Not Wikipedia, Google. Yeah. Yes. So sorry.
0: <laughs> no, you're good.
1: Yeah, Wikipedia is like the one that doesn't. Well, it's
0: just, it's straight up. I don't think Wikipedia like an, guesses what you're going to type or mm-hmm. anything like that. So like. It's just I could be wrong. I don't search on Wikipedia very often, <laughs> but um... well, the
2: the analogy that was used, and I think it's actually a really good analogy, is that um, social media is akin to if Wikipedia reworded their articles based on what they thought you wanted to hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if one person Googled Abraham Lincoln, they might hear one story, and mm-hmm. then if I Wikipedia'd
0: mm-hmm. Abraham
2: Lincoln, I might hear like a different cited story yeah and the idea that history and current events are manipulated in that way hmm. on our social media um the it would be bizarre to us in the context of something like wikipedia
0: yeah yeah for sure and i mean and that's the thing that's sort of not sort of but it's definitely concerning um in what they talk about is that you when you google search something it's trying to guess what you're going to say right and it's Mm -hmm. going to guess what you're going to say based off of where you are based off of what data they've collected about you based off of sort of this profile that they have on you Mm -hmm. and so me googling something versus somebody who has like radically different political views than me googling something we could start typing the same exact thing and get totally different suggestions Mm -hmm. and so like that causes so much um like division because Mm -hmm. we're seeing two different things right like I'm seeing, uh, I don't even know of an example. Like if I type in, oh gosh, we get political. How to find
2: <laughs> hair products is the suggestion. And somebody else does how to find and like, you know.
1: Sustainable hair products. Guns
0: or guns or, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's way better than what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> it's like going to be very politically charged. <laughs> so that was much more neutral. Yeah. Um, but it's like, so then. You can't build understanding between people because you're you're not reading any of the same things. You're not looking mm. at any of the same things.
1: You don't even necessarily have the same info. Well, yeah. and here's the scary part
2: to me is that you could be on your social media or even on Google and read through multiple articles. And in your mind, you fact-checked what you, like, were reading through. Mm-hmm. Somebody else has Googled the same thing and read completely different articles and fact-checked these completely different articles Mm -hmm. and so in their mind they're reading the news a completely different version of the news than what what you're reading Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that creates this like crazy amount of division Mm -hmm. and they bring up examples of how that that problem has created civil unrest in other countries and Mm -hmm. probably in the U.S. too although most of it probably hasn't been traced any sort of violent activity hasn't been traced specifically to social media at this point but. that's
0: not true oh i mean
2: i mean in the u.s yeah oh. well
0: i mean pizzagate oh that's a good one that they i mean and, yeah, and right. yeah. even like for example like the proud boys facebook pages and everything oh. all got shut down because mm. they were encouraging violent action right and so it's like And I don't know of any specific violent events that may have happened with the Proud Boys because of that. But part of their initiation is to fight people, to be a part of the Proud Boys. So, like, it's – it definitely – there definitely have been violent things that have happened because of it. Yeah. So, yeah. You actually – I would love if you would tell the analogy you told me. No, I Um, was going to, actually. (laughs) So,
2: I heard um, this story When I was a kid, I think I was watching PBS. Yay, PBS. Um, Um, Back in the day. uh, (laughs) uh, And the story is about like a rich ruler who comes into the city and the town comes to the streets to welcome him. Mm -hmm. And uh, the funny thing is that he's wearing a hat and one side of the hat is red and the other side is blue. So it's a two-sided hat and he he rides through the streets on his horse and people are like, yeah, he's here, he's here. And he goes into his castle or whatever. I don't remember the story. But the the point that the story is trying to bring out is after the fact, people start to mingle again and talk about this this event that happened and they start to notice that, oh my gosh, you're saying his hat was blue, but I was there and it was definitely red. And the other person's like... No, I was there and it was definitely blue. And before you know it, this whole town or city has has created like has a dichotomy or a, a division about this one small fact that both sides are actually correct. Yeah. But um, because of the hat, nobody has the full picture mm. of, of what really happened. And I think that is so prevalent. Uh, in our news today and how it's being delivered to us via social media is that like i'm seeing the blue side of the hat and you're seeing the red side of the hat mm-hmm. and both of us look at the other and go you're crazy mm-hmm. but they actually we need to see it, the whole hat to yeah. really understand the issue um fully
0: mm. yeah yeah i that analogy was really like, I feel like it puts it into such good words because it's like it all comes down to in that situation, like what side of the street are you on? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that lays it out really well. Yeah. but um, And if you're
2: on this side of the street, Facebook is feeding you this side of yeah. information. And if you're on this side of the street, Facebook yeah. is feeding you this side of information. And it's confirming what you don't color have you've seen. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And the people around you are reconfirming what you've seen. And then you look at the people on the other side of the street and you're like they're crazy they're literally crazy how could
0: they see that (laughs) which
2: i think explains some of the like anger that's happening right now and like the polarization politically i mean there's also an election and a pandemic and stuff like that so i don't don't think social media is the sole culprit Mm -mm. but it's definitely feeding the flames i Mm -hmm. think of of an already polarized nation
0: yeah I mean, and they they say that in the documentary, too. They have a a quote that um, says that it's um, the technology is not like, oh, what is it? I should just read it. Oh, it's not that technology is an existential threat. It's that technology is bringing out the worst in humanity, which is then the existential threat. Mm. So, like, it's these things have already existed. Mm -hmm. Media being warped and corrupt politicians and social unrest and disagreement about the way a government should be run or about the way people should live their lives those things have existed forever yeah Mm -hmm. um but technology and social media is allowing us to have global conversations about this in like that are instantaneous where ideas like pizzagate can spread like wildfire and if you aren't familiar with pizzagate just give it a quick google (laughs) But um, you'll get a little chuckle yeah it um or maybe you'll cry or maybe Um, you'll cry (laughs) but uh those types of ideas that would be very fringe and be isolated to the crazy guy down the street in your little town where everyone's a farmer and you don't have like electricity doesn't exist basically like From that to being something where people can actually connect across a nation, across the world, and spread these ideas. And then also once these ideas get followings they seem even more credible yeah like flat earthers well the crazy
2: part is that the ai's design is to get clicks Mm -hmm. and so one of the points that is brought up in the documentary is that the ai doesn't necessarily have any ability to discern between truth and falsity other than what's clicked on Mm -hmm. and so i feel like Even more so, the more inflammatory, crazy ideas are are gaining more attention because it's selling
0: more ads, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they say that uh, fake news gets six times more interaction than Mm -hmm. truthful news.
1: Absolutely. And
0: so, like, that statistic was one that I hadn't necessarily heard. Like, I knew just practically that fake news is, like, rampant. But to hear that actual hard statistic, I was like, shoot, like, this is... It would be so easy to get sucked into that. And it is so financially uh, reasonable Mm -hmm. for these social media companies to promote fake news because that's getting clicks, like you said. And the AI um, that is looking at it is saying, oh, this is getting clicks. It's not making a judgment on whether this is good or bad necessarily. It's just saying,
2: oh, this is getting clicks. Therefore, I will promote it to more people that Mm
0: -hmm.
1: are likely
2: to click on it. Uh And then... Before you know it, you have a huge sect of social yeah. media that
1: believes the Earth is flat. Yeah, yeah. Its job is literally to get people to engage with more of that content to yeah. make that mm-hmm. that ad that post whatever more successful.
0: Yeah, yeah. One thing that I love that they brought up in it um, was. Uh, an example of this happening in um, Myanmar, Myanmar, yes. Myanmar, um, where uh, the Rohingya Muslims there have been like totally persecuted and in large part because of social media, like directing people saying like, oh, like these these Muslims are not are not my like Myanmar's people they are not this they are this 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 like and it's partly because of like if you're familiar with the conflict it's partly just because of ways that boundaries have been drawn in countries around there um that actually aren't necessarily representative of different cultures and also because of blatant racism but like that was amplified so much to where this has become a way bigger crisis where people's lives are on the line people are getting hurt and tortured like and yeah
2: from their homes there's like a mass exodus of
1: Rohingya Muslims. yeah yeah just terrible it's so bad yeah. but so it's crazy because we haven't or at least i haven't heard of this oh. this documentary was the first time i heard of it
0: yeah i mean i think that that is pretty fringe news like mm-hmm. it's not on the forefront of the american news cycle right um but if you do some digging, then you can learn about it. And mm. I think I know a lot about it because I did a project on Myanmar in high school. And right. so, yeah. But, like, it's... That's another thing is, like, you don't get a lot of news about things that are happening in places where it's, like, deemed irrelevant to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's an issue of, of the news in general, but, like, also probably feed it into even more with the, the social media news mm-hmm. that we get. Mm-hmm. So...
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. It is wild. And I mean, I think just on top of the current world situation in general, like we have a pandemic, there are actually a lot of news events that are kind of being passed by. Mm-hmm. Like Hurricane Laura, for example, was had did a lot more damage than Katrina. Yeah. And most people have barely heard about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there was a huge tornado that tore through Iowa and destroyed like hundreds of thousands of
1: acres and most people who aren't from iowa haven't even heard about it Mm -hmm. but also i would like to point out how when it comes to global disasters um political views whatever your news outlet that you follow or if you follow multiples which i would encourage um and social media it's literally keeping you in your bubble of your perspective like unless you're actually getting out there and engaging with people that might not have the same views or, as you or see things from a different perspective, you're, you could potentially be staying in a bubble of your same opinions without even knowing about it. Like you have become a product that generates income for tech companies and they want to keep you that way. Mm-hmm. And so it's very interesting and it messes
0: with your brain. Yeah. So um, all in for deleting our social media. You guys ready? <laughs> no, um.
2: I don't know. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, like, well, first of all, I'm just going to point out the elephant in the room. Our podcast right here, like, depends on mm-hmm. social media to propagate. So mm-hmm, yeah. I feel like a dependence on it in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, like, is it worth my mental health and mm-hmm. my, like, actual social interactions and my uh, overall well-being i don't know mm.
1: i do can i think... beat the game mm, well it's a good question i do think podcasts are cool though because they are kind of unique in that you kind of have to search around and find what you like based on category
0: yeah they do have ones that are like the top podcasts top like listened and... to yeah and mm. so it's it's i think it is based a lot on um you know, just how much traffic they get. Right. But I do wonder if they have anything that directs specifically to you, like, oh, you listen. Or like, I know, like, I will show me like podcasts like this. Mm, like, so it's mm-hmm. like ones that are similar to ones yeah. that I already listen to. Yeah.
1: So there is some algorithm there, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting to think about. But I know social media is like, I follow Gary V. I don't know if you guys follow Gary V. I'm obsessed with Gary Vee um but he talks a lot about how social media is a mirror and it's it's holding a mirror up to us so that we are looking ourselves in the face and we don't like it Mm. and it brings out the worst in us now I don't know how true or not true that is um based on the documentary that they're and all the facts they were bringing um I do I did remember though the girl with the ears Uh in the documentary Mm -hmm. reminded me of a thing that happened to me in youth group one time we were watching a slideshow and there was a slideshow with me and some other girls and we were just at summer camp and took a picture and I remember thinking internally oh my forehead looks kind of big in that picture but Mm -hmm. I was young and I was not yet so insecure and I just like waved the thought away but then a boy in the youth group yelled out, gosh Kelly, your forehead is so big. And I remember, like, yeah, it ingrained that in me. And so those things still happen. Social media makes it happen more. Yes. And it can tear you down potentially more. Yeah. But I do think I do think part of it is it's it's reveals. Mm-hmm. It's not fully just social media being a monster I think it's it's showing what humanity needs to grow in oh, Yeah. well of I think
2: that's that's one of my criticisms about the message of the film I don't think it's giving us I think it's making social media and tech companies to to look pretty bad mm-hmm. and that like as if this is the most prevalent problem in our culture today and I think it, it, it ignores that there are actually other very real issues that aren't necessarily mm-hmm. social media related that are causing the destruction of society mm-hmm. as it, as it is. Um, I don't think social media is like the sole, um, offender. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Well, yeah, I don't think that they, I mean, it's a documentary about social media. So totally. I think that it's like, yes, social media is not the sole thing that is causing harm mm-hmm. in the world.
2: Well, but just in terms of like, um, uh, you know, violence and civil unrest, like, uh, that that person who uh, murdered several people in that church, and I'm blanking on all of the names, um, he was on, like, a more fringe, reclusive website.
0: In Charleston?
2: Yes, Charleston. Yeah. Um, uh, that wasn't, like, social media's fault. That was, like, a fringe website for extremists.
0: Mm-hmm. But, like, how did you get there?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, like, somebody put it there,
0: No, but like, how did he get to that? But there's also a rabbit hole. Well, I don't know, know? but yeah, I suppose Mm -hmm. there's like
2: a Google rabbit hole that potentially he got under, and Google falls under the criticisms,
0: or like maybe he, like, was in a Facebook group that was kind of on the fringe of what that was, and then wound up going into this other group. It's like, or like even if you think, I mean, the example again of like the Proud Boys, like they had all these groups on Facebook, and they're shut down now, so they're on more fringe media sites now Mm -hmm. for their like chat. Rooms and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I wonder what kind of role, I, I don't know, but like what kind of role other social media sites had in leading him there, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. Because um, then you kind of get into the question of like how influenced are we by social media, but yet we are still accountable for our actions 100%. And mm-hmm. so, that person that shot up the church, like, even though it's like, oof, like, yeah, you were served some psychological possible, you know, warfare if you really want to get down to it, because they even talk about our goal is to change the way you think just a little,
2: mm-hmm.
0: like yeah.
1: just a it's little. Like a slow,
2: well, it's a slow decline. It's a yeah. slow,
1: it's a slow, yeah. Decline. But, um, but at this end of the day, it's like, you still chose to take a gun and shoot up a church and you still need to pay for that crime. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. well, and that just reiterates the Emma's point earlier. It's like the the social media itself is not the existential threat. Like the mm-hmm. people who are influenced by the social media mm-hmm. and, make choices are the existential threat
0: i mean if you think about the example of um the nazi commander who was uh tried during the nuremberg trials after uh the end of world war ii he argued the case that um well this was the culture i grew up in so Mm -hmm. to me this isn't bad i'm innocent because i'm a product of my culture of growing up in in nazism Mm -hmm. and that was deemed um not a viable reason to have been a hand in murdering so many people yeah. so like it's it's that same thing like just because you are surrounded by this or just because right. you've been essentially brainwashed mm-hmm. um or just because you do drugs or just because whatever like you're still accountable yeah for mm-hmm. what you're to doing. what you've done well and
2: that that would be the biblical way to look at it as well mm-hmm. is that like your ignorance doesn't excuse you from right.
1: from your crimes yeah Um, yeah absolutely it's like your responsibility to be educated on what is and isn't okay essentially the law but grander so like it's you or your moral compass yeah Yeah, it's it's a human's rights thing and you can't leave that up to anyone else you Mm -hmm. can't it can't be the government it can't be your family like it it's or your town or your town or social media it literally has to be you Mm -hmm. you have to search and it's uncomfortable and it's not fun. And even for myself, I've been going through a massive unlearning with the way I was raised. But now that I'm a grown-ass woman and 26, that's my privilege. <laughs> it is my privilege to to rediscover what I actually think and believe yeah. and question. And if you're not going on that journey, that's a bummer.
2: <laughs> I, I think it, in conclusion, though, to your, your original question is I'll bring it back to the chess analogy is that I when I open up my apps when I read Instagram in the morning when I wake up or you know when I'm bored or or sad and just like resort to Facebook or whatever I have to understand that I'm playing a game of chess that I cannot win Mm. or if I do win it's by like a luck thing because I'm not smarter than a supercomputer and you know 20 of the smartest developers in the world I'm just not and so it's kind of like if, if you were to go gamble in a casino, there are people who become addicted because they fall under the illusion that they can win and that they have control over the situation. But if you go to a casino for fun, knowing that you'll probably come back with nothing, I don't necessarily see it in the same light. And so mm-hmm. I think in the future, moving forward, I want to approach social media in that way, knowing that like this is for fun. This is the money I have allocated to spend here or the, you know, time I have allocated to spend here. And
0: um, when it's done, it's done. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So So have you guys, one, have you guys started implementing things like that since watching the movie? Like, do you feel like uh, you've already felt like a push to change things after the movie? Um, Slash, have you been noticing more and more the ways that you are being manipulated on social media since watching it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say that that's more at the forefront of my brain. Um, Being someone who has fought very hard for their mental health and well-being, I put um, blockers in place a while ago. Like, I do not get notifications. Mm -hmm. Like, if I get a notification, it is my reminder to give energy to what brings me life every day and uh, my period tracking app Mm -hmm. and um, a text message or a phone call. Those are the only notifications I get. I don't see how many emails I have in my inbox like until I go check. Um, Something I am wanting to start doing again is something that I did maybe like a year ago now and I just got out of the habit Um, but I called it No Phone Saturday Mm -hmm. and so literally I would leave my phone on my side table and I would not touch it all day and me and James would... Read books together. Go for walks. Read, read books again. <laughs> more books. I mean, <laughs> read more what, books. Play um, video games. games with, make dinner. Make dinner. Yeah. Like, go to the store. Like, do do things together. Um, and that's something I just fell out of the habit of. That I'll probably start reinstating. Um, but yeah, I am aware now of like, oh, like, am I following this person because. I want to see their information and their updates or am I secretly annoyed every time I see it mm-hmm. and it was just an algorithm that told me I should follow them um anyone that knows me I hate Facebook so much <laughs> I hate it and I just keep it around because um I have like some classes that I've done on Facebook um which is something that's great that Facebook does is you can take classes and I just want to keep that content and have access to it But other than that, I'm like, if you know me, like, Facebook is not the place to talk to me or get a hold of me. My birthday was a week ago. I have no idea who wished me a happy birthday. I don't know. I don't care. Like, text me if you want to talk to me. So my vice, I guess, would be more like Instagram. So, but maybe it's like, okay, now I'm going to give myself one hour a day and I'm going to do a timer. That was a long answer. That's good. (laughs) I
2: Well, I didn't even think about this this way, but most mornings actually when I wake up my first reaction is to pick up my phone and scroll through Instagram check my emails and I usually spend like a good 15 minutes to a half hour like just laying in bed
1: oh that's and insane it, in my mind <laughs> like...
2: in my mind like that's helping me wake up mm-hmm. but after watching this documentary I'm like is it helping me wake up or am I in a game of chess mm-hmm. against actually getting out of bed? Mm. And oftentimes, more than not, mm-hmm. I stay in bed longer than I want to. Yeah. Because I'm just like, and I, I th- I'm thinking like, oh, I just don't want to get up, but maybe it's because I'm being mm. manipulated to scroll yeah. more. I don't know. Totally. So that's kind of freaky. So I think moving forward, I might actually choose to set my phone in a different part of the room before I go to bed. And, mm. Um. get up and turn it off when my alarm goes off in the morning and then get ready
1: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah
0: yeah that was something that I noticed in myself a couple years ago was like you're waking up what's the first thing you're doing to me that reflects the way your entire day is going to go mm. you know so like if the first thing I do is pull up Instagram and start scrolling through it then my day is controlled by Instagram mm. whereas like if the first thing I do is I wake up and I'm like thankful for the day. And I, I spend time like taking care of myself and getting ready and like doing these things um, that are much more positive than my mindset throughout the day is so much better. Um, but I'm really thankful because I similar to you, like I put a lot of boundaries up already with a lot of my social media, especially because I was a missionary for a year and didn't have access to internet a lot of the time. And so I couldn't use social media mm. that broke a lot of those like addictions that I already had like I had like a forced purge so um yeah I think for me the biggest thing that I'm taking away from it now is definitely noticing like if I see an ad or something like that like I'm like just taking note of the fact that they are uh directing that specifically at me Mm -hmm. like which like you already kind of know oh my gosh Instagram Mm
2: -hmm. is excellent at advertising to me. I
0: click on oh, so really? many of their
2: ads. I'm like, I... look at this new thing I found on Instagram, like all it, the time. It's really yeah. bad.
1: It could be because I was in e-commerce, so I know how it works. So I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Like,
2: yeah. <laughs> but they're actually good products but... though. I'm like, it's kind of like online shopping to me. I'm like, cool, yeah. this is a great product. <laughs> I don't
0: yeah. know. Yeah. I think part, part of it that helps me is that I don't shop a lot anymore in general. So yes. that like keeps me from doing it. But um, I... Even think about like when I'm scrolling through something, like I intentionally like things that I want to see more of because mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, like in a way that to me that's sort of let it just like me working with the algorithm, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm saying, hey, like I like these kinds of pictures, show me more of these. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to like this. um And that's something that I've thought about for a while is like, okay, if I'm Wanting to see these things that I'm going to like them more. And then if I notice that something I want to see isn't showing up in, my, up in my feed anymore, then I might go to that page and start and like like some of their images mm-hmm. so that I can see them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think also it's actually setting like you can set um, on your phone to tell you when you've reached a certain amount of screen time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know if you can do it for specific apps, but I would really love that because it's like. What does screen time mean, really? You know, like with screen time, me opening up my notes app and typing down some notes that I had or reading because a book I don't or, you know there are yeah like if you're, you're are reading a your book on software, your phone, yeah. yeah, it's things like that. Or if I'm doing my Spanish practice on my phone, like that's good. Uh-huh. Um but I would love a way to know like, okay, I spent this much time on Instagram specifically or like mm-hmm. an alert that comes up. I feel like there's probably apps that do that, but that's something that I would love yeah to look into. yeah, yeah absolutely.
1: Know? There's even this new phone that has been created for parents that want to limit their kids' screen time. Um, and it you cannot install any Android or Apple apps on it. It literally, you can text, you can make phone calls, and you can, like, listen to music.
0: Wow. And, like,
1: that's it. And it's it looks like a smartphone. It doesn't look weird and dorky, but it is. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So it's like you, you provide your children a way to – get in contact with you if they need something you can track them if you need to to make sure they're safe but also you're not risking that yeah that exposure which Mm -hmm. I'm a little more like your kids need to learn how to cope um but also like that could be a good option for a 10 year old or an 11 year old
2: Well, I think um, there's other also apps that you can download onto your phone or Mm -hmm. device and it will lock certain apps during certain parts of the day. You can set it. So Mm -hmm. if I'm like, Uh I don't want to be looking at Instagram before 7 p.m. or something like that, I can actually lock Instagram Mm -hmm. um, and not be able to open it Mm -hmm. uh, for that period of time. So there are other things that you can do if you like. Really don't have the self control.
0: Yeah. Um, And I think that those things are good tools too for developing that self control. Right. You know, so like, for example, I um, think a lot of people have expressed, like, oh, if I see a notification on my phone, like, I have to click on it. Like, I just hate seeing that there's a little red circle. Oh, really? There. I do, too. And I let it hang out, there's, Yeah, I do, too. I'm, like, chill. And, um, <laughs> Even, or like, people... system
1: updates, it drives me nuts. I can't really? Oh, I've gone, like, like, I'm like pretty sure weeks without update, doing system updates. So. It's, yeah, it's just
0: been sitting there. <laughs> but, um, or people feel like, oh, I have to watch all of the stories that are lined up in my Ugh, Instagram at the top. Like, I have to get at the through the top all Yeah, like, people uh-huh. are, like, just pu- tapping through the entire thing, which is, like, very bizarre to me, but... Like, I think we can train ourselves to not feel so, like, compulsed by those things. Like, to have the compulsion to react to those things. And, again, I mean, not that I'm saying that you have to go on an 11-month mission trip in order to not be compulsed by these things anymore. But, like, I did that and I would get – I would, like, finally connect to internet and I have, like, 200 notifications on my email and I'm like, okay. Well, I don't know, though, because (laughs) –
2: these apps and the way that these notifications are designed are actually to play on something that's naturally in your psychology. And so, like, there's a sense of responsibility that comes with addressing a red dot. that Like, that says, like, notice this. And so these notifications are actually built to prey on that human weakness. For sure they are. And so not that you can't, like, conquer it or whatever, but um, more so recognizing, like, I'm feeling this way because... I'm programmed
0: to address things that,
2: you know, aren't, are pulling on my attention. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that also, like, like you said, like, re- reducing the amount of notifications you actually get oh, is yeah. super helpful. Yeah. Um, but also, like, just even, like, if it takes, you see a notification and thinking to yourself, like, okay, I'm trying to break feeling like I have to look at notifications immediately. I'm going to take two minutes and not look at that. Mm-hmm. Like, I like practically that I think could be really helpful Mm -hmm. in breaking that mindset because they are engineered specifically knowing that your brain chemistry reacts to seeing a red Mm -hmm. circle there and and things like that but um yeah
1: or even like flip your phone over anytime I see a notification and I'm like like a text and I know it's not urgent or my mom's called me three times in a row, and I know it's probably not urgent. Um, I will just take my phone and flip it over. And then I'm like, I'm not touching you f- while I'm having this conversation. Yeah. And finish it out.
2: And there's always do not disturb and mm-hmm. other, you know, great things yeah. like
1: mm-hmm. that. But, yeah. Be aware. Yeah. Know your triggers. Know what's happening. Know what you're actually feeling.
2: Well, and I think it's more fundamentally than that, it's like, prioritize the things that are actually important to you in your life. Mm-hmm. If if Instagram and being connected with your family members is important to you via Instagram, then make it a priority in a specific way, mm-hmm. just like you would prioritize, you know, meal prepping and, you know, spending time to get ready every mm-hmm. morning and spending time with your family in real life and going for a walk, those kind of things. Like, figure out what matters to you in your life and, you know, the, the way that you want to go and mm-hmm. and don't let social media take from that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, For sure, and I mean, so we were like talking about the sort of like our personal responsibility in this, right? Yeah. But um, what do you guys like? What what are you guys' takeaways or feelings towards these companies that create social media now after seeing this?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think here's the thing. Even though I'm like. I think intention and effect is very different or two very different things. I think they intended to make something incredible. But anytime you make something, you actually have to cover the cost. And nothing's actually free. It costs money to create anything and everything. Um, And yeah, they had to fund their company. And I think they had to figure out how to do that. And I think most companies did not fully understand where they were going like they were just like okay we've created a way for people to connect that's amazing now we got to pay the bills Mm -hmm. and so i do think that they are responsible and they need to um adjust the way their ai works um but i also think you know like there are amazing companies that have made people like able to be entrepreneurs like they're they're helping small businesses um like there are good things that come from this you just have to be aware I think it's very pro education you've got to be educated know how you work know how the technology works um is there a way to do it better probably I will be personally uh they had a lot of authors on the documentary I want to read some of the books that they've written um I don't think it's all good and I don't think it's all bad. I think it's kind of in the middle.
2: Yeah, I think the the creator of the like button said it really well is that when he created it, he was just trying to spread more love and encouragement in the world. Mm. What he didn't realize is that there's a, a B side to that. Uh, the negative effect being that this dopamine release that we get from our likes is more dopamine than humans were Accustomed to receiving, and yeah. so it's created an addiction mm-hmm. to having that sort of affirmation on a regular basis mm-hmm. from our friends and family and followers. Um, so I, I don't necessarily look at the problem as is and see any sort of evil intent or, um, you know, malicious decision making on a part on the part of these con- companies, but. I think that it's their responsibility to consider the the ethics of it, mm-hmm. of what they've created and to um, monitor that and and to care about the well-being of their customers. I think there are plenty of brands that care about the well-being of their customers and sell products. And I think that um, these social media um, sites have that same responsibility. Yeah,
0: for sure. I mean, I think. Yeah, you can't... In my mind, like, we are in a individualistic, success-oriented, capitalist society, and that's what it is. Like, you make money. Mm-hmm. That is the goal. <laughs> yeah. That is success. That is, the success. Hugest, that is the... hugest, hugest... That is the biggest driving force mm-hmm. in our nation, really. And um, I can't hold that necessarily against these companies, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that... Like you guys are saying, like even if the intent was good in creating these things, they are still accountable for the things that they've created and what they've become. Uh, and I think that there's a lot going on right now that's sort of a slippery slope with um, Facebook trying to be responsible in the way that they are delivering news during a very uh, polarized election um, with uh, trying to make sure that people are not interfering with an election and also trying to understand how to even discern whether a post is good or bad well, one uh, trying not to spread false information too especially in relation to the pandemic yeah and
2: they've gotten a lot of flack for censoring content
0: yes and so it's it, like on the one hand like this is a free place to speak but also if it's spreading so much false information then isn't it isn't it their responsibility to prevent that from happening right and I think that that is a really tricky balance and I think that honestly I think that we are seeing social media companies kind of fail over and over again at Mm self-regulation to where it seems to me like there needs to be outside regulation whether that's the government or some sort of third-party company that their job is to regulate these yeah. these social media well kind of like companies the, the, companies the center get, for humane yeah. um i have it written down center for humane technology yeah. yeah yeah um who does not have an instagram in case you're wondering <laughs> we looked. It. it makes sense it does we're kind of disappointed anyways <laughs> but uh it i think that those things could be really great but then i also think while well, we also don't want to be like a hyper-regulated country where there's suppression of information and access to information Yeah, like a lot of more sort of communist or dictatorial or fascist nations that we see examples Mm -hmm. of
2: that's the hard part for me is yeah is no facebook should not be spreading false information but i also believe firmly in the first amendment and in the freedom of the press and in the freedom of speech. And and so if people's choice is to propagate false information or what I deem as false, mm-hmm. then like that's actually their right. It's a fundamental right for them to believe yeah. what they believe. Um It's a slippery slope. But again, like if if we're potentially like polarizing the nation and seducing the masses into like conspiracy theories leading to mass
0: civil war right right.
2: like that's also a a serious problem that we have to consider and uh the idea that the truth wins out is not necessarily even a factor anymore when we talk about Mm -hmm. social media because our artificial intelligence that dictates it doesn't have a moral compass or Mm -hmm. you know a, a way to examine it and determine truth it just doesn't exist so yeah. It's hard. It's a hard balance. I don't. I don't even know really mm-hmm. what the answer is. Yeah. So,
0: aside I think from individual responsibility to educate yourself and yeah, because the thing is, it's like okay, here's the solution. Everybody, stop believing fake news the end like (laughs) that's uh, but that's that's not the reality that we live in I cannot control what other people are doing Mm -hmm. I cannot control what other people are choosing to consume Mm -hmm. um and they can control what I'm consuming and what I'm doing uh that may be misleading or is fake news or whatever and so like it can feel very like Oh, gosh. Well, just gear up for, you know, total breakdown of society as we know it and absolute division and for everything to fall apart. Well, I mean, in some ways
2: that you watch the film, that's how you feel a little bit. Mm -hmm. But then I loved towards the end, um, the weird guy with dreadlocks, he -hmm. says. um, Poor guy.
1: I know. (laughs) We, we, we love, love you, you. <laughs> weird guy with dreadlocks. I um, thought you were great.
0: I hope you know that. I hope that maybe he would find that endearing. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the weird guy. yeah. <laughs> um,
2: he said it, critics are actually optimists mm-hmm. because critics see the world as it is or a system as it is and say we need to make this better because it's not working. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's actually a belief that something could be made better. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I do think that with proper regulation, very carefully thought through, and um, possibly a, a reevaluation of a company's goals and morals with social media are, you know, called for.
0: Yeah, it's it's just like there's so many different factors that go into it, and also the fact that I mean, social media is so ingrained into our society now that it's very difficult to not be a part of it you know like and maybe that sounds silly to someone who isn't involved in social media but like it's very difficult to uh feel connected nowadays without having access to that
2: well even my grandma to this day she refuses to get on the internet the internet yes like oh she doesn't have a computer wow she has a phone And she has a mailbox and that is how you can contact her. And it's always been like a source of tension in our family because she won't adapt. And so it's harder for everyone else to connect with her. And so there's, it's almost like there's a, a divide between us and her sometimes and I mean that's just required us to be super intentional about sending letters and stuff like that but Mm. like you could potentially isolate yourself from society without being on social media and that's I mean nobody wants that totally
1: like FaceTime has changed the way families that don't live in the same city or state anymore can be connected like I wouldn't gosh the last time I was in Oklahoma was like Two and a half years ago, wow! Like, I wouldn't have seen my parents' faces without FaceTime between now and like two and a half years ago. Yeah, if not for FaceTime. Yeah, it's like a great tool.
0: It is. Um, but actually, one of the things they say in the movie that I thought was um, really compelling is that if something is is genuinely a tool, then it sits and waits for you to use it. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't it, use you. Yeah, something isn't a tool if it's constantly trying to alert you and draw you into it. you know, like it, that is a nuisance that is uh, that is an addiction that is not just a, a tool sitting waiting for you to take advantage of it. It's mm-hmm. taking advantage of you. Mm. So yeah. that's a good quote fun <laughs> super so, fun
2: moral of the story everybody we're all
1: the devolving. robots well let's the robots are taking over hermits let's <laughs> smash
2: oh our phones really? and burn them in a bonfire that was actually what we were going to do at the end yeah. of this episode yeah. is we're yeah. going to collectively smash our phones <laughs> we're gonna
0: burn them in this scandal <laughs> and it's gonna be great and so goodbye forever yeah. we're ending the podcast this was fun but uh yeah do you guys have any closing thoughts that are you know any impart anything you want to impart to people or Mm. where where you're going from here
1: yeah I would say be smart educate yourself know yourself get out of your comfort zone um plan time away from your phone and uh we're all just doing our best I would say that when you're
2: engaging in conversation with people who see the world differently than you, be cognizant of the fact that they very well may just have seen the other side of the hat. Yeah. And and where you saw blue, they are 100% convinced that it was red. Mm-hmm. And um, if you approach conversations in a more investigative uh, way to seek understanding and learn, um, mm-hmm. that is how we will avoid literally a civil war
1: yeah honestly yeah yeah
0: Yeah. I feel very thankful to have family members that do disagree with me like politically specifically um because that gives me more compassion for the other side Mm. uh if you want to call them that um and I think that's really important having voices in your life that are contrary to what you tend to believe or what you lean towards, um, and then also being aware of having that in your social media. Mm-hmm. So following people or organizations that you don't necessarily agree with and and hearing that side of the story uh, because there's no way to get something that is entirely unbiased, but even when you're looking at like news and things like that, knowing where those news companies lean towards mm-hmm. uh, is really important. There's resources you can find that talk about what kind of biases different news outlets have, being aware of what bias your news outlets that you lean towards have, and then also trying to seek information from news outlets that swing the other way. I think that's super important. Yeah, um, it's a good practice. And, I mean, it's not very appealing because it takes more work.
2: Yeah, but... it does. And I would say, too, diversifying your uh, scope of people that are in your life is not the same as hearing the opinions of Facebook commenters. Mm-hmm. Like you actually need like good people in your life who mm-hmm. who are who hold the same like central human values as you, but may differ politically or socially um, because you're actually not exposing yourself to a different viewpoint if you're just arguing on Facebook that or you know et cetera. that's just. Yes you know, fuel to the fire, in my opinion. Yeah. Yes,
1: I agree. It's very easy
0: to depersonalize something like that. Yes,
1: mm-hmm. just remember there's another human. Yeah. There's another human on the other side of that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, great. So. <laughs> would we suggest
1: um, watching the documentary? Yeah, yes, I would, definitely. Yes, <laughs> I would.
0: I would suggest giving it a watch if you haven't already. I mean, we gave you a bunch of spoilers, but I think it's still interesting to watch, especially if you, if you're hearing us talk about these things and you're like, Mm -hmm. I didn't know any of this, Um, then definitely go watch the movie. Um, And we'll also have in our description uh, a list of the resources that uh, Kelly Ann mentioned, the books that uh, various authors that were in the movie wrote, so that if you want to go deeper into this topic, you can. Uh, And if you want to, you know, go deeper into conversations about the world that we live in and, um, you know, opening your mind, then follow us (laughs) on the Woman Being Podcast. On Instagram. On Instagram. (laughs) Go to womanbeingcommunity.com. And be sure to subscribe to us because we're gonna keep bringing out content uh, that is hopefully thought provoking, hopefully brings conversations into your life. Like, that's really what we want is to get you to think about things uh, because that's honestly what's gonna bring betterment to society. That's what's going to bring betterment to us as individuals. Uh, so, yeah, follow us, give us a rate, give us a review because Comment, that's super like, share. Yeah, do all those things fall into the algorithm and and make sure the algorithm gives you woman being. Help
2: us,
1: help AI, help help you you and others.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.